let's explore Jerry Curl and two other spiritual poems. This is Lama Jigme Gyatso. Welcome to Meditate Like a Jedi. Today's first poem, Jerry Curl. Upon exiting the shower, I apply a liberal amount of leave-in conditioner, thus transforming my Jufro into a Hebrew Jerry Curl. Today's second poem, Tantra's Purpose. In the last meditation manual, penned by Tsar Patrul Rinpoche, a great Tibetan saint of the 1800s. It is written, One Yadam Chinrei Zik embodies all Buddhas. In Tantric Buddhism, one practices the four bases of mindfulness by working with the paradise body mantra and seed syllable of a real or imagined entity which in sanskrit is devi or deva depending on the gender and in tibetan is known as yidam a gender neutral word one of the traps of fundamentalism is to worship the Yadam as a god or goddess in hopes of receiving their protection, their blessings, and their guidance. Such folly only reinforces the habitual duality of hope and fear that keeps us tethered to the cycle of stress and reminds me of the warning of the Tibetan saint Geshe Achekawa not to bring a Yadam down to a demon. For correct Yadam work supports our liberation from craving and clinging, whereas supplicating wish-fulfilling entities, real or imagined, does the demon-like work of fueling our obscuring emotions of dread and desire, as well as their consequential obsessive intentions, obsessive thoughts, obsessive memories and imaginings. We contemplate the Adam's environment as being a paradise or pure land, to train in compassionately wishing that all beings everywhere enjoy circumstances as fortunate as the proverbial paradise of a, of a Buddha. We contemplate that the Adam's environment is comprised of non-graspable light, to train in the wisdom that sees the folly of to, striving to grasp and thus let's go. The benefits of contemplating a Buddha's paradise lay not in ensuring a favorable rebirth, but 
in mastering mindfulness and insight and love in this life. We contemplate the Adam's body as being at the prime of its health and beauty and strength to train in compassionately wishing that all beings of all worlds, real or imagined, be as healthy as the proverbial body of a deva. We contemplate the Yadam's body as comprised of non-graspable light to train in the wisdom that relaxes and release into the release of letting go. We do not do this to ward off sickness or death, but to master our practice of awareness, acquiescence, and amity. Patrul's passage was not written in praise of the Buddha of enlightened compassion as much as it is in praise of simplicity. The work of enlightenment lays in transcending craving and clinging, not in worshipping real or imagined beings. This passage is inferring that any Yadam will do. No one is better or worse than the next. So rather than squander time and energy, superstitiously jumping from one tantric deity to another, we could just settle upon one and get on with the business of getting so good at noticing, letting go, and loving that we do so spontaneously, habitually, easily, and effectively. Zapatrul Rinpoche also wrote one mantra, the six syllables embodies all mantras. It was not Buddha's mission to create a new religion, for in his day there were already tales of heavens, gods, goddesses, and means of invoking them through ritual, mantra, and syllable. In his genius, Buddha used the existing spiritual technology of his day to serve as metaphors of circumstance and body and communication and mind, which are the four bases of mindfulness. Therefore, in Buddha's Tantra, the role of mantra is not to invoke the blessings or guidance of real or imagined entities, but rather to support our trainings in compassion, that we might wish that all beings' communication be as kind and wise and skillful as the proverbial mantra of lore. We contemplate that the mantra is comprised of non-graspable light to further train in the wisdom that lets go of everything that has ever been said. Once again, this passage is inferring that since any mantra could serve the purpose as a metaphor for love and letting go, 
why not choose just use an easy and convenient one? Za Putrul Rinpoche also wrote One Dharma Bodhicitta embodies all practices of the creation and completion stages. This passage refers to Bodhicitta, which in Sanskrit which is Sanskrit for the mindset of enlightenment. Its conventional aspect is the union of love and letting go, and its ultimate aspect is the union of awareness and letting go. In the fundamentalist practice of Buddhist Tantra, creation stage refers to external rituals and visualizations and concentrations, while completion stage refers to rituals and visualizations and concentrations that are distinctly internal. Since the purpose of meditation is not wish fulfillment, for acting as if it was only strengthens craving and clinging. It is best to meditate upon mindfulness, insight, and compassion to the exclusion of grasping after more things and more beings and more experiences. Za Putrul Rinpoche's passage concludes, Knowing the one which liberates all, recites the six-syllable mantra. One of my teachers insisted that a life could be squandered, seeking all that is necessary for physical survival, but that if we desire only liberation from the tyranny of craving and clinging, then all our physical needs could spontaneously work themselves out in the most wonderful way. A tale is told of a lama escaping from Tibet after the Chinese invasion, who found himself in a neighboring country where he knew neither the language nor the custom. Feeling unable to beg, he found an abandoned hunter's shed and contented himself to sit there studying and meditating while awaiting starvation to end his life. When the hunters returned and found the lama, they brought news of him to local villagers who sought his counsel and his teachings and supported him with gifts of gifts of sustenance. In later years, he would tell his students that transcending the tyranny of craving and clinging is the most efficient way to ensure the meeting of our needs. Remembering that passive mindfulness is already hardwired into every inhalation, and that relax and that the relaxation that let's try that again. Remembering that passive mindfulness is already hardwired into every inhalation, and that the relaxation that supports letting go is already a component of every outbreath. We could combine watching and releasing with mantra recitation, thus practicing the essence 
of all that Buddha taught. Today's third and final poem, Downpour. On beautiful sunny mornings like today, the thought of a downpour stretches the imagination. On dark and rainy days like yesterday, sunshine seemed but a fable. Impermanence, or rather our ignorance of impermanence, makes fools of us each. For in pleasure, we long for permanence, and in our pain, we dread it. Always chasing pleasure, always fleeing pain, we forget to passively notice and relax into release. Let us conclude with a simple call to action. This podcast will never have any advertisements, so support us monthly on PayPal and like us on your podcast service to help others find us, just as you found us as well. If meditation is felt impossible, boring, or just out of reach, you are welcome to register at buddhajoy.org for the next series of live online meditation class webinars that meet once a week.